with our course, Rethink Commercial Education, okay. out of that, 60% of them owned commercial properties. I always think when it comes to commercial property, whatever your involvement is, you want to have the best possible team in your court. Time is the most valuable resource on earth, I think, once you um, get past the day-to-day -day expenses of life. So you want to get your time back. Are you finding this podcast enjoyable but looking to enhance your commercial education? Well, we've created an innovative online course that offers comprehensive content. With over 50 lessons available on demand, you can delve deeper into the subject matter. Additionally, you will gain exclusive access to the valuable online community where you can connect with industry experts. For more information, please visit rethinkcommercialeducation.com.au. Okay, oh, hey, Garen, Phil Tarrant here. Hope you're well. Welcome to his Psych Commercial Property with uh, Rethink Investing. Uh, good to be back. Uh, we get together every single month to uh, to get stuck into uh, commercial property where it's going. And I've I've got some good briefing notes today. And as you know, if you've been shooting this for many many uh, episodes, uh, uh, we're getting a little bit more prepared with this. And uh, and a lot of that's to do with the feedback we've been getting from a lot of our listeners, uh, really engaged, really connected, asking a lot of questions. So we want to make sure we capture that so we can steer this conversation as effectively as possible. But I do note, it's quite alarming, that episode number 42 uh, of uh, Inside Commercial Property with Scott O'Neill. And I know also we have some fancy new branding, which is pretty good, and uh, and and a guy's picture on it that looks like it's been <laughs> Photoshopped to make him 10 years younger, Scott O'Neill. Scott, how are you going? I'm good, mate. Yeah? Yeah, times are changing. Um, like you said, always trying to improve this podcast, and uh, feedback's really good. But yeah, we just don't want to just rest on our laurels and, you know, stay the same. We just, yeah, prepare more, get more guests in, um, keep the feedback coming guys as well. Like we're, we're getting really good feedback from, we we're just talking earlier, like many agents across the country, uh, they're saying we've brought a lot of awareness to the commercial market in general. Yeah. Investors alike, they're done really well out of this asset class. So yeah, there's a shift happening. Um, I think this is just one part of it for sure. Yeah. I, I reckon you might be one of the most love people in commercial real estate and I might be one of the most hated people in commercial real estate because <laughs> I, know, I know you surf and, and when I had more time when I was a bit younger I used to do a lot of surfing and when you had something good you kept it to yourself and you didn't want anyone else to know about it it's when some people turn up your break and start surfing and telling all their mates you go the next day it's busy you go the next day it's busy the next day it's busy and then it's all over Instagram right yeah. I reckon there's a lot of commercial investors who are going why are these guys talking about this like they've, they've wrecked it for everyone like it's so much so much more competitive now because Scott O'Neill, the buyer's agent, come in here and, and, and promoted all the benefits of commercial real estate. How, how, do you, how do you reconcile that, Scott? You okay with it, mate? A client actually told me that, like, I know you joke, but yeah, he literally <laughs> said this because he's 75 years old and he's been buying bulk commercial properties for a long time, very wealthy man. And he said, yeah, back in the 80s and 90s, I wasn't up against anyone except owner-occupiers, you know, and it was just me and the returns were amazing and yeah, I had it all to myself and now it's very hard for a guy like that to compete because they're not buying every day of the week. They've mm. got a new generation of agents. Um, their competitive advantage is, is gone now. So uh, yeah, you're right. So, so, so you've turned like. it, a competitive advantage now for a really good commercial investor is having a good commercial buyer's agent because there's still a lot of properties out there you can buy. You just, you know, not necessarily always a good ones, right? Yeah. Look, the trick's just connections. You know, if, if you're an individual and you know the right people, like any industry, you're going to get a head start. So, you know, rethink investing is, you know, by design, just a way of getting a head start. So 
we uh we network as much as you possibly can and we buy as much as we can of good quality property with the goal to then work with that agent again and um because there's yeah there's always a buyer for a good property so once the good one comes up it's we're desperately holding on to it yeah and uh so play the advantages is what i take from that and it is a competitive space so why wouldn't you look for the advantages when you get it but we talk a lot about buying commercial assets here and um that's where we started this 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 podcast we're now episode 42 but uh Go back and tune into it. There's, there's 41 other episodes that Nish can go and listen to. And we, we started this uh, in the depths of code. We spoke about this last uh, podcast we got together when uh, we had uh, uh, your wife on the show and we got into the actual origin story of, of Rethink and where you guys are going. So go and tune into that. It was um really enjoyed that that discussion. You can find it on any of the podcast channels or just search um, uh, any of the video players. You'll find it on on YouTube. But um we do, do talk a lot about acquiring properties. We probably should talk a little bit more about managing more effectively, which is a big part of it. And that's going to be the thrust of today's conversation um, based on a lot of the feedback uh, that we've been getting and people can send their feedback to, is it info at rethinkinvesting.com.au is where we send people? Yep, that's right. And yeah, we thought this topic's becoming increasingly important due to the maturing of our listener base as well. Like a lot of them have commercial properties now. Like with our course, we actually got statistics on this. So rethink. What's the, what's the course? Uh, rethink commercial education. Okay. Um, out of that, sixty percent of them owned commercial properties, and um, yeah, that was a very high percentage, really. So there's and there were some with multiple commercial properties in there. So mm. you know that that I would have thought would be more of a junior listening base. Um, but it's yeah. So obviously, I don't know what the stats on this. We should try get surveys out one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's clearly a lot of people that own commercial property now, um, just yeah, because this is a maturing space now, and um, you got to really learn how to get the max, maximize what you got with your portfolio. It's not just about buying; it's about how to kind of get through the, the the bad days when you're managing a property, or you know how to get improvements with your current portfolio. And you know, you would have heard from the last podcast. It's there's uh, lots of. Um, Good and bad days we've mm-hmm. had with our own portfolio. Well, even you guys admitted that your portfolio wasn't perfect at a point in time, and a lot of it come down to management. So management is key. It's where you, if you acquire, well, great, but you want to make money on the way through. So you need a good manager. And and, and uh, I'm told that you've been lurking around Brisbane recently uh, uh, on the ground, seeing what's going on, but you know, also catching up with uh, your um, property manager up there who joins us in the studio, Sophie Dugan. Um, you, you guys have been working together for a little while, haven't you? Yeah, long time that yeah. um, Sophie manages, I don't know how many of our clients' properties too, but um, yeah, just one of those really good managers you want to hold on with uh, both hands to, to make sure they, uh, yeah, they, they don't get, uh, that you don't lose them because they do add value to your portfolio. And mm. um, unfortunately, we've had many bad managers in the past too, resi and commercial. And a good one is, it's pretty hard to find these yeah. days because it is a hard job. Like it's a, it's a high frequency transaction type industry where a lot of it's low value too. You know, it's not like you sell a property and there's millions of dollars on the line. There's just hundreds of little, you know, sub one thousand dollar touch points, and that's hard to manage. Much harder. I, I, you know, having sort of knocked around property management a fair bit, it's a tough job, right? And it's relentless and it never ends. And you never get thanked for all the good work that you do. You only get the sort of the criticisms on the stuff that doesn't go your favour. So the, the, these problem managers I know, good ones. Are Built out of granite, and I'm, I'm, it's funny that you're actually happy to, to share Sophie with with our listener base because <laughs> she might not prioritise your stuff anymore after this podcast. Oh, sorry, yeah. Scott, but um, sharing is caring. Sharing is no. caring. But this is what you guys do, Sophie. Welcome to the show. 
Thanks, Phil, and thanks for the introduction, guys. No, no, th- thanks for coming down. Um, so, so you guys got together in Brizzy last week on the ground, seeing what's going on. What, what would you talk about? Tell me all the inside scoop. Uh, so we were having a look at opportunities in the current market in the Queensland pace, and then what we're looking at is also then actually what's happening with commercial property management, um, where there's those opportunities to add value on sites and do not only the foundations really well, but also the exciting, more strategic stuff of commercial property management, which is where the fun can happen if it's done well. So, so it can be fun, commercial property management? <laughs> I say it can, it can. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to today, I guess, yeah. let people know about is if you get those foundations really strong, you can build from there. So if you're a commercial property investor, um, what you're probably excited about is building something that you can for intergenerational wealth, having good people on your team that you've got lifelong partnerships with, which is one of what Scott and the people do as well. So I guess it's just looking at businesses relationships. So there's property management and there's a level of expertise that's needed to see that through. And then quality relationships and performance on your asset over time. Scott and the team, they can help you make money in terms of the best buying and opportunities out there. And then after settlement, if you've got the right people on your team, then it's like looking at the performance of that asset then on an ongoing basis. It's it's continuing to grow and evolve. So having good people there is um is a great a great place. Well, pro- property is a property is a commercial property is a contact sport, but it's also a it's a it's a it's a people game. Yeah. It all comes down to the capability of the team you surround yourself with and, and your firm firm uh, uh, Dugan and Co property. Have you been doing this a while or what's what's the sort of backstory with you? How'd you find yourself in commercial property? Commercial property. We've been we've had our agency coming up six years now. Okay. But prior to that I was actually finance. So um, I was working over in the UK for the Royal Bank of Scotland and I was as a relationship manager helping to oversee structured real estate capital portfolio of about one point five billion there from a finance perspective. Um London was great fun, but then came back, Queensland bought and bred, but not quite ready. So transitioned down to Melbourne where there's a big finance sector. Um, there I was actually looking after the acquisitions and funding for commercial and residential agents on property management businesses. So from that area of experience, I got to see what's working well in the industry, where's the strengths, the opportunities. Where can we be also lifting up that standard and doing different things? And then six years ago, Paul Dugan, our director from Dugan & Co, set up Dugan & Co Property. And we've got a very strong property management as well as sales and leasing business. And we just focus on our client success. And that's where, that's what's got us here today. And I believe that's the same sort of um, values that as well Rethink have. You obviously have a passion for property because you smile a lot when you're talking about it. So it means that you're happy being in commercial property management, which is cool. We do a lot of sales and stuff. So where, where did you collide? Like, how did you find each other? Give us a backstory there. I think we maybe bought a property off, uh, Paul Dugan back in the day. And I was like, um, you, you know, a lot of the time we'll just use their management arm, um, as a, yeah, just as a sign of good faith really. And, um, they just turned out to be very good managers and, um, yeah, we kept kept working many times and like talking hundreds and hundreds of times as well. And the complaints didn't really come, and that normally <laughs> how measure it is. Yeah, yeah. Because like every other, uh, it's probably, and that's one of the reasons I personally will never vertically integrate the business model rethink into property management because 
it's just something you can't do without um like as i said high frequency um it's it's a pretty thankless game as well and uh, you need locals on the ground to uh you know just sort of be third party in this transaction as well and and yeah dugan and co are i think one of the best in in southeast queensland and they're expanding and um yeah it's just been good working with them and that's basically the commercial arrangement they just do a good job for our clients and that kind of seals the circle of um of the service really for uh, for us and our clients it gives you a pretty good rap um i haven't heard him sort of speak so glowingly about someone uh beforehand which is which is really cool so you're you're expanding but your your core business is probably management and sales yeah. um what's what's got like to work with you easy <laughs> to work with he's great to work with um and it's funny though there's different relationships from a property management perspective to a sales and leasing agent but rethink the quality of their clients and at the end of the day, you, you know, business is not just one transaction. It's in it for the long term. So how the th- how matters are negotiated and handled, though, it's really great. And what he is doing for the industry as well as being picked up across all areas of the business. Yeah, it's good good to have a, a a vocal advocate sort of championing not only commercial asset as a as a as a uh, investment class, but but also those people that work in and around the commercial property to ensure investors get. Best outcome, but it must be an interesting relationship because are you still buying property through these guys? But then, that there's also a management sort of relationship. How do you how do you sort of keep a nice firewall on that so you can have hard conversations at ten a.m. in the morning on the acquisition, and then you yeah. can work collaboratively on a on a, a management type of issue? It's a good question. Like property management and sales, they're so separate. So like, yeah, they're you almost feel like property management can be uh, a tool for negotiating too because if it's over rented you know you want to you know I'll, i'd literally ask Sophie and say send me some comparable rentals and and sophie and it, she's done it before like it, it's they're just fair rental appraisals so if it hurts the sale like it's, it's going to be found out anyway so i think that kind of that sort of uh that side of thing will, will always wash through in the end so um yeah it's separate so we can have the hard conversations with the sales guys and and we're just sort of drop it or leave it type offers. Like there's not much emotion in it, so it doesn't really get heated. We don't care if we lose the deal. They don't care if we don't buy it. It's pretty simple. Um, if it works, it's great. And then, um, yeah, we'll obviously continue down through the transaction. Talking with a property manager in any asset class in any market is very important for due diligence because there's so many little local factors on rent values and the height of roof and age of building and uh, is the fit out contributing to a higher rent? You almost need a, a manager who deals with new leasing inquiries to kind of cross check all that mm. for you. And um, from a local's point of view too, because you know we're across Australia, we need to be an expert in you know north of Perth or you know down in a Hobart CBD. Like you, you cover you know the way to cover it all is is really to be across the best managers in the market. And you made an interesting point there. I just want to pick up on it. So so you give an offer and say. That's the offer. Um, when you put an offer in for a property, it's largely that is the offer. It's not like, hey, we'll go up or down, left or right. It's like, this is what we're doing. We'll do a deal on this basis. That, that's the, that's how you essentially negotiate. Yeah. So we put offers on about 100 properties per week. Mm. And out of that, about 10 of them work, you know, get through to a contract. So we do about 10 contracts per week total. But um, yeah, so 10% of our offers are accepted. So the way to do that volume is to put those take it or leave it, and then like some are low balls, some are just under, 
Uh, if it's the best asset we've ever seen, we'll, we'll go at market and just hope. But, you know, there's always someone that'll pay over market, mm. especially now the market seems to kind of be gaining momentum again. So, uh, yeah, 10% is our strike rate in offers and, and that allows us to get good deals when they come through. Yeah. And, and no doubt, just on the sales side where we're talking about it, you enjoy working with buyer's agents on that basis or you'd rather go directly to the... To, to the buyer. No, absolutely. I well, We enjoy working with buyer's agencies. I think it's the trusted advice. We work with solicitors. We work with building and pests. And buyer's agency actually helps to, I guess, um, bring a standard and level of communication across the board for all the buyers and people who are looking out there for opportunities in commercial property. So they've actually been really great to deal with. Yeah. It's, um, look, again, we're talking about buying, but we're here to chat about sort of... Um, uh, the management of your commercial property. And I guess that sort of comes to the question, Scott, and, and I'll ask Sophie the same thing because you'll look at it through a different lens. Um, why specialist and proactive sort of manager um, on your team is so important? Because uh, if they get it wrong, they will charge the wrong rent value. Um, a, a manager that doesn't understand that rent, increase in rent equals increase in equity is is probably the most common type. Because uh, like it's so easy just to say, oh, let's leave the rent where it currently is because the tenant's good, but not increasing that rent by four percent or or CPI might be seven percent. You've just lost seven percent equity on that rent value. Um, I think you'd have to explain that a little bit better because that's a really important point you've just brushed over. Increasing rent equals increasing equity. Yep. So it means the better the rent, the the greater the the capital value of your yep. your so, asset. So if you got um, if your rent, you've got a million dollar property and it's renting for, you know, say 70,000 and that goes to 75,000, your property is not worth a million dollars more. You know, I'll get the calculator out because every month. Here we go. I thought he normally, he normally rolls with a, with a calculator in his pocket, <laughs> an oversized calculator, uh, which I, I think we probably know the same accountant. I don't know if you, you've probably met him and he's always got a calculator at the ready, but, um, he loves his numbers, uh. Loves his numbers, Scott, doing it live. Yeah. So let's see how this actually works. This is so, the notion of increase in rent equals increase in equity. So let's say we've got 70,000 rent and you've just bumped that up by uh, 5%. So that means your new value is 3,500 of extra rent. If the cap rate of that market 6%, you divide that 3,500 divided by 0 0.06. So 58 grand equity. So if you decided, oh, it's too hard to increase that rent because the tenant's so great, you've just cost yourself $58,000. Probably not worth it if the market's growing. And then there's a, a cumulative effect of not doing that over many tenancies and, and then time, that, that equation will look worse and worse. So it can end up costing you millions of dollars very quickly if you've got a large portfolio by just not keeping up with the market. So it's a lot more important, I think, in commercial to keep your rents at market than even residential, you know, because three and a half grand is not going to change anyone's life a year. It's the equity. And uh, if you can keep your equity up and a manager understands that, um, that's super important. And I know one of the, the most recent assets I bought uh, and Dugan & Co are managing it. There's tenant, there were 10 tenancies. It's in Brisbane, up in Brendale, and the rents were about 30% under. So we took a sharp yield at purchase price with the goal to add as much value as we possibly can in three years. And every time we have a meeting, um, we do these Zoom meetings with my wife and and the Dugan and Co guys. And we're like, just remember, this is a three-year plan. We want the rents as high as possible. Let's just get it done. And um, I'm happy to have a longer vacancy or offer 
more free months rent to, to get it done. I don't care what it costs as long as the end rent is more in three years time. Cause that will mean in that case, like, you know, a lot more money in that. So it's better cash flow, number one, but also number two, you're getting a, an equity or a capital value uplift. Why does it matter? Like, is it a bank valuation, um, lens you're viewing that through? Or is it just like, Hey, I feel good cause my portfolio is worth more money. Yeah. Look, I think if you're an investor, you, my opinion is you invest well. Um, so, you know, we're not doing it for any other plan other than give us options in three years. So we might look at strata titling that asset or selling it, maybe redeploying it into an even bigger one. Because um, our long-term goal, uh, which we've mentioned, is to have less assets but more higher value ones because time is the most valuable resource on earth, I think, once you um, get past the day-to-day expenses of life. Um, so you want to get your time back. And, you know, we've got 68-odd tenancies. That's too many, I think. You know, it's not a... A lot of people would wear that as a badge of honor. I actually look at it as bad planning. A headache. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we sing from the same hymn sheet there. We've yeah. spoken about this. You'd rather just 10 great assets, not, mm. you know, not two dozen of them, mediocre stuff. Like that's, that's like collecting toys, you know, you got to do better than that. It's funny though. You, you need to go through that journey yourself though, where I know most people kicking off and probably think more is better. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they sort of start accumulating property. Most people, we've spoken about it beforehand. They start off in residential and they pivot into commercial, but um, uh, I guess to a point where you just go, I want, I want completely the opposite, and then that comes back to really good property managers as a, as an enabler for helping you. And you're talking about your own portfolio, but the same would ring true for for the portfolios you help create for your clients. That you want your you want your portfolios performing, and you want to try and do it with as minimum friction as possible. Yep. That means having the right assets, but importantly the right property manager, commercial property manager, running it for you. So they've got an, the eye on the prize as in cash flow, but then also really dialed into your objective there, increasing the capital value. So you can redeploy or do whatever you want to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. If if your property manager understands that more rent equals more equity, that's almost the biggest thing, um, which is surprisingly rare. Like they understand this obviously, but mm. they don't treat it as seriously as they should because um, if they did, that might mean more sales for the sales side because you create more equity. It gives you more reason to sell. Um yeah, it's not just collecting rent. It's um, you're running a business that creates a value at the end of the day, and um, yeah, that, that's that's why we work with these guys because they get it. Yeah, and it's not necessarily always the case in, in resi property, but I imagine one of the key takeaways from this podcast is the, the more rent equals, the more your property is worth. Yeah. So therefore, you need a good commercial property. So is this is this a common? Uh, this is a sophisticated view when it comes to commercial property investment, but do you see commonality? with with other um, uh, owners and, and landlords that, that see the world the same way as Scott? They, they do, and but that is a sophisticated view. What, what we've found a lot and what I've had calls about recently is an owner will call us and they say, I own an asset, uh, but I feel out of the loop. I feel out of the strategy and, like, I don't know what's going on and if it's actually getting delivered. And... To begin with, sometimes it's just like, I feel like there should be more happening on my asset in terms of the performance, in terms of different activities, but I'm not involved. And they don't want to be doing that as a property manager, but they want to know that they've got people there who are looking after their best interests. So that's a lot of the way that we have people contact us. And then it's having those conversations and it's like looking at property management. There's You need an expertise in your asset class and who can look after all the foundations really well, which is your financial management, collecting rent, minimising arrears, compliance legislation, all the 
the nice dry topics, but you also want someone who's looking at that lifetime like partnership and growth with you, where you're going to, and then how commercial property can be that vehicle to deliver on it. So Scott spoke really well there. It's like if you're looking at it from a property management perspective, there's the base layer, but then it's like total returns. It's your income return and capital return. And both property management done really well has a great way to accelerate that over time. It's it's really well considered. And uh, for our listeners, the way I would view what you're just speaking about there is a lot of people think as a property investor, you need an account to do your tax return, right? Um, uh, and that's true. You know, that there's a compliance function to what the account does and there's an administrative compliance function of it. But there's also a strategic aspect of it. And and I have the relationship with my account. We, we do all this stuff, but then we do the fun bit and that is strategically where we're going with it. So what you're saying is that a good commercial property manager does the same thing. They'll make sure that all the administration is done and that's largely given and that can be done well. Not all property managers are created equal. Um, but what you're talking about there is being strategically involved and engaged around offering insights, advice, strategic positioning, strategic direction for the investor to get more out of it. And that sounds like the key. Yes, definitely. And I think that's where the real gold is in commercial property is looking at though that having that right advice. And I always think when it comes to commercial property, whatever your involvement is, you want to have the best possible team in your court. That's why people are dealing with Scott. That's why they've got, if you have the right property manager, you have the right lawyers, brokers, everyone who can optimise and get those extra couple of shifts in the needle to be able to grow your portfolio and deliver on a strategy over time rather than just the 101 as well. So my argument to that would be the compliance and the administration, that's all cool. And you get paid a percentage of the, of the rent. Why would you do the other stuff? You're not going to get paid any more money by doing that. Uh, well, I guess that's, that's it, it is it is more an asset management plan. So there is a difference between property management and asset management. Where we can deliver value for our clients over time, it also gives opportunities for us as a business. And we see like successes in co-elevation of the market, which is what a lot of this education and the Rethink Commercial Education course and other things are about. It's like lifting it up and where we guess, I guess we do also have, if you're a property manager and you've got an association with a strong leasing team as well, then there is that benefit if you can help bring lease negotiations forward and you want your property manager to be incentivized by that. Because yeah. ideally, if they can bring up your rent, bring up your capital value, you can make money in commercial property by great buying, by performance of the asset over time, and then leveraging on your capital value to either get a refinance, buy another one, sell, divest, or look at that longer term strategy on consolidating what your lifestyle choices and financial prosperity looks like at that time as a family too. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think you've answered that well in terms of what a commercial asset manager, commercial property manager, commercial asset manager should be doing for you. And, and I've had many different property managers over many years, no doubt you as well as Scott. And uh, uh, I would say uh, more of them haven't been good than better, if that mm. makes sense. Um, but when you find a really good manager, you, you stick with them. And, and it sounds as though the, the way you responded to that was you get the basics right and what people expect. It's all the upside connectivity of or the ecosystem benefits of working with a really good um, commercial property manager. You've, you've come here and you're sharing your commercial uh, property manager, uh, which I'm sure she's going to probably get pretty busy after after this podcast. But how do you know? if your commercial property manager is a good commercial property manager, Scott? Um, 
I normally do a, like a loose interview process. So once I've bought the property, I'll send it to, you know, more than one uh, agent if I'm looking for one in an area and just say, let's say it's a shopping center. What's your three-year plan to get rents as, you know, or improve the tenancy mix? Like how do you manage, uh, you know, the outgoings in this? Like, is there any value adds you can see? So a lot of them will just come back with not much and then some will be very detailed and that's um, straight away that tells you who to go with. Mm. How do you know, and, and I'll sort of go through this, we go, someone's just not right here, something doesn't feel right. It's, you know, you, you, you sort of you feel it when it's not working out. What, what's the sort of triggers for you? Um, it's all too quiet. You know, the, the, the classic, oh, let's just renew the rent at the same value. That's the, like, and most money owners, um, and Sophie probably won't like me saying this because it makes life harder, but it always should be challenged because there's, um, so many sort of properties that are under rented. And if you're just sort of renewing the lease, you, you're costing yourself a lot of money and, um, it's, it's hard work to negotiate against a tenant. No one wants that ugly conversation, but in a commercial property uh, world, you're dealing with businesses. Like it's not like, you know, it's not an ethical issue. I don't think where you're, you know, pushing the rent up on a working class family and they're going to struggle. Like you might be dealing with a multi-million dollar medical center. Like they should be paying market rent. Otherwise you're just giving them a free ride uh, at the cost of your interest, you know? So yeah, I think uh, getting uh, some comparable rentals up before they have a conversation, say that we believe your rent is 10% under and here's the proof. That simple step is uh, quite rare. Yeah, I don't want to beat up commercial property manager or property manager in general because I, I know it's a, it's a bloody tough job. Um, uh, but to your point where they just go, I just really knew the rent on the on the current thing or, hey, we need to fix all these things because the, the tenant's not happy about it. Um, I, I think a lot of property managers, uh, I'm going to get you to respond to this, but yeah. a lot of property managers will go the easiest path to actually get the job done. But this comes back to your point around a commercial property manager that works for you are worth their weight in gold. Definitely. And I think like that path of least resistance versus in commercial property, when there's problems or challenges, it's like, how can we leverage that? I'll get opportunities as well. So it's important having property management and also that leasing and market dynamics understanding coming together to really get the best performance. Um, I can, as I guess, a bit of an example, and it's one of Scott's clients, but I'll just give you a high level um, details on one of the acquisitions that he helped happen. And then we've looked after it over the last two years. Um, it was acquired about uh, in in the Western Corridor, which is a booming industrial precinct. We've got a lot of infrastructure and it's tightly sought after at a very sharp yield at the time, um, 7.42% for $2,675,000. Um, the passing rent uh, came through, had normal rent reviews, but then we came to a market rent review. We're quite fortunate in our business because if you do get a good property manager that's either got a sale, strong sales and leasing business or really good relationships in that area, we go directly to the director and say, what's happening? How can we get the best result? Do we work with this tenant? Where's the market rent? Giving you some numbers around that, it's really tangible for you as an investor before you continue those next step discussions. We did that and in the end we got um, an uplift on the property of $1.5 in two years in capital value based on the good yield buying helped from Scott there as well as being firm on that market rent review. And that discussion for us in terms of time invested was a lot like we had there, they've got, um, it was an international company so we were having Zoom meetings with their new CEO from London 
people are having site meetings with their general managers on the ground. It is a lot of work, but then you see that for that owner. Oh, it's a huge uplift. I imagine the owner was, was pretty happy with that. comes back to the point, you know, increasing renewables, increasing equity. That's a big uplift. And that's, that, like, that's the fun, exciting part of commercial property management done well at that strategic level. And that client, he's like, we're a client for life. Mm. I won't send anyone to anyone other than Dugan. And I mean, there's different industries. If you're in the health industry, which is booming and growing, you get reward in different ways. But when someone says something like that, you're like, this is what it's all about. Yeah. So on that basis then, we're talking about how do you know if your property manager is not performing for you? Yeah. How do you you and your team score yourselves whether or not you're doing a good job? Yeah. And it's important to always score yourself because also like when we're going out, we want to make sure that we live and breathe what we say. We've got business units that work to make sure that there's systems and processes and places as well as a commitment to deliver. So you need to have that layer of like, I'm not as good, I'm not as strong on the 101 commercial property management, but all my owners know they can give me a call if they want some strategic insight. And it's making sure that there's things in place there to deliver. So where you see it not go wrong to, flags, if you've already owned an asset, arrears. As soon as you get arrears, then it's like, have a deep, have a bit of a look. They should be contacting you and talking to you about it. But if that's not happening, then give them a call. I can run through some numbers again, if you like on that, but we had a, a client who moved across to us. They had a 17 tenancy um, retail site and had 186,000 in arrears, which had been through previous owners and multiple tenants. Within five minutes, we got that down to $3,000. Mm. That's 185,000 cash in their bank, higher than before, based on a strategic approach and following through with commitment and delivering how we have conversations with tenants as well. And when the team needs that help from the management or other areas that it actually gets done. It does go wrong sometimes. It does go wrong. <laughs> yeah, Which is why you get to a hundred. Yeah. yeah. You must have seen some horror stories. Tell us like where, where you've seen it all go wrong <laughs> where, and you've had to try and fix it. Um, where do we start with commercial property management? There's never a dull moment. Um, but there's, I mean, We've had a few examples in terms of where there was a, I'm just trying to think of a good one that's appropriate as well. Um, <laughs> Don't want to beat anyone up or get send your legal letters to uh, rethinking. So, say if we do need to enforce the lease and we've had to do lockouts, which can happen, um, happen in cases, um, we've had bikey gangs rock up the next day. So we've got team and we've had to call the police and say, can you be there? Because, and they say, no, we don't normally do that for lockout. And then next morning they see the bikers and the police all there. And you're like, that's something interesting to report back to the um, commercial property owner. Um, and then I guess some of the horror stories, which a lot of people I'm sure were probably affected by was some of the floods um, in 2022. So for us, it was like, literally it was on the weekend um, and it was on the Sunday, it was coming through. And we actually went to one of the properties that we managed just behind the Bunnings in Newstead with sandbags. And we're trying to help because they were like at the border of where their property could have been. Did you say that? We, we helped, but they, it all got through in the end. But the intention was there. And at the same time, carrying sandbags, trying to get them there and calling our trades and saying, do you know what? I was like, can we block out your, um, your workflow for the next month? Because I was like, we're going to A, need all the staff or team who were affected because at the same time, there's floods going of people's homes as well as businesses. So it's like, how do we need to support the, the team and people personally, as well as the businesses, and then go through the getting out mold, the insurance claims and everything yeah, like that. And, 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 that, and that's another whole dimension to, to commercial 
um, property management. And this is where a really good manager can just be, you know, that, that icing on, on, on top of um, uh, helping you sort of create the best assets and maintain the best assets and accelerate returns. So what you're talking about there is your your ecosystem of, of connected capabilities going, you know, tradesperson X, Y, Z, you know them all and you can say, I'm going to need you for a month. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but lock your calendar away and I'll go, no worries, sure, because you probably give them a lot of work and they know you pay well and on time and all that sort of stuff, right? These things matter. They do. And I, I think that's why a lot of people speak to Scott and different experts is that relationship and connectivity, that ecosystem gives you leverage. So it's like as a commercial property owner, if you've got strong relationships, not only with tenants, contractors, key stakeholders, you're not just one owner, you also get the benefit of then looking at that higher level. Yeah. And, you know, these um, little 1% which which really matter, right? Whether it's, um, you know, better negotiation, I'll say it's probably more than 1%, but better negotiation is at re- least I'm getting up to market. Like this is bread and butter stuff. But I know for, for you, Scott, where you can actually further maximise your investment, you touched on it beforehand, trying to put like solar uh, onto roofs and stuff like, I know you've got a thing at the moment about solar, um, but it matters, right? Like you can actually really amplify your investment by looking at these things. Yes, that's right. And probably the biggest like Sophie will explain it better than I, the the biggest barrier to that strategy is getting the tenants on board. Um, so, you know, a lot of the owners want it. It's a no brainer. It's like, a, it's an extra lease on your roof. So why not? But then you've got to get the tenant to sign an agreement and you've had a few troubles, haven't yeah. you, Sophie? Yeah. And that's why it is very important also before we go back to make sure you've got a good relationship there because that tenant agreement does need to happen for it to work. Um, so it's important to have a look at what we found was solar is a great initiative and something we're quite, we're very passionate about as well as a, at a corporate level and working closely with Rethink because we talk about building intergenerational wealth with commercial property investing and solar is a way to help build that, add value and also look at those future generations and the environment. So there's great reasons to do it. So people are on board. But it is still, if you're looking at different structures where the tenant has to agree to a PPA um, power agreement, they have to have buy-in as well. So we need to make sure the tenant's on board and you can get that buy-in from a relationship ideally or certain strategic discussions, as well as the site's feasible, how big the roof is, the integrity of the roof. So it's, it's a great initiative um, and there's huge opportunity in that space, uh, but it's just making sure that those boxes are ticked along the way and it all stacks up on your investment too. Do you find largely that most tenants are pretty good? Do the, do, does the relationship get fractured between the commercial property manager and a tenant very often? Or, or what would be a catalyst for that, uh, other than putting solar on the roof? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, catalyst for that is, say, if the property manager, if we said, you know, having someone specialised or who is proactive, when that doesn't happen, that can be where you get upstream, like that's the upstream event that leads to a breakdown in that relationship. So like I've called you how many times, the roof's leaking, the owner's not putting any funds into the property. I can't run my business. That's not very good for you to say, hey, let's go put solar on the roof. But then if you've got an owner who's really engaged, has got a good relationship, and you say, look, we've got this, and this is a win-win solution for tenant, for owner, and the environment. Um, here's how it's structured, and here's how it looks, and make sure that they feel, because it is, if you're doing the leasing fee, you can do it by capital investment as well, but if you're doing a reef, um, roof licensing agreement, it is still an agreement that the tenant needs to sign up to. So let's talk the market for a moment while I've got you here and also you, Scott, um, South East Queensland. I know I know Dugan and Co Properties is looking to expand outside of your sort of immediate geographic footprint. It sounds as though you've 
you've got a good business model and the right sort of mindset and, and, and capabilities to do that. But what's going on up there is everyone's obsessed about the Olympics and infrastructure growth and everyone's still moving to Queensland, intrastate migration. Are you going to tell me it's a good time to invest in Queensland, no doubt, Scott? Yeah, look, it's every asset class is different. Like you wouldn't probably go into the office market. So look, it's the third largest city. It's got a really good long-term story. So like to sort of quantify it, if I sent a property, to, let's say I sent 10 properties to 10 buyers in Perth, I'd say four would be interested. So 40% of the market, I reckon it'd be eight, you know, like everyone would want the best deal in Sydney, of course. So, you know, yeah. but the yields and that will never stack up. But Brisbane's kind of that um, easiest route to a sale because no one can really talk that down that market. A lot of people don't like the distance of Perth. Uh, I think it's a that's a great market to invest in due to those kind of perceptions. But um, Brisbane is just mainstream. Everyone's into it. So um, it, it's a strong market. There's population growth. Uh, the industrial market's probably the hottest in the country right now. It's massively undersupplied. Bill costs have gone through the roof. Uh, rents are still growing at about 20% per annum. So that um, that's a good story. Um, what, what, what sort of industrial? Like big industrial or small industrial? All sizes. I'm finding the biggest stuff's harder to buy right now. So like I've got a few client briefs, you know, 15 to 30 mil, and I'm searching like every day and I can't get anything good. And you think, they got $30 million. What would that be? Like a Bunnings or something other? Or depends where it's at, I guess. Well, Bunnings, like, say Ipswich, that's about a 50, 60 mil type asset. So it's, it's half Bunnings. Mm. Um, yeah, like they're just kind of 10,000 square meter sheds, that type of stuff. Two and a half thousand a square meter. square meter shed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but um, they're very hard to come by because fund managers, although they are hurting, know that the rent growth is coming. So a good fund manager is still holding onto a good asset, but they're, they're flogging off the, the, you know, some of the other types of assets, which, uh, you know, all the, you know, there's plenty of it on the market right now, but mm. not the stuff we want. And that's on the buy side, on the actual Queensland leasing market, uh, business, despite some of the headwinds facing the economy and interest rates and uncertainty around what the future looks like, um, business sentiment's still reasonably strong up in, in, in Queensland. How's the leasing market? Yeah, and business sentiment is interesting because what um, Scott said that recently, it's asset class by asset class and obviously location and state driven. So the NAB um, recent uh, commercial property survey showed that all other states were having some softening in certain set, um, sentiment, business sentiment and confidence. Queensland was up. And I think that is the big thing that can drive the market is business spending, infrastructure and population growth. And at the moment, we've got a decade pipeline leading up to the Olympics of 2032, which there's $180 billion of Queensland procurement projects up on the grabs for Queensland. Sorry, how much? $180 billion. Okay. A fair few in. bucks flying around. Yeah. Yeah. Population growth, we're getting strong inter, um, overseas as well as interstate migration. Uh, the Brisbane Olympics is forecasted to do 91,600 jobs over the next 20 years. So it's not just leading up to it, but it's then afterwards. So the landscape in Queensland um, property market and demand has, has shifted. And I think before, historically, a lot of larger you know, national or other companies looked more so headquarters around Sydney, Melbourne, the bigger capitals, but more and more people are shifting up to Queensland. Well, there's a talent pool there now, there is. Um, uh, which is no longer connected with just the mining sector, right? Yeah. The resources sector. So 
yeah, so it's a good place to be then. Good place to be. And the leasing market has continued to, it's continuing to go strong. We're expecting further rental uplift still could to continue in the Queensland leasing okay, market. So, so this year or into the future? Um, I'd say this year and 2024 is looking particularly in asset class though. So again, this is looking at all your industrial. Yeah. But also in retail, there's great opportunities, but you really need to know, like understand your catchment and population growth infrastructure directly to where your asset is, what the mix of tenancy is now and what it could be and starting to look at those future outlook opportunities too. But the retail has got a good space, but you definitely want to do very thorough due diligence where Industrial, um, industrial logistics, in Brisbane. You can't go too long, too wrong. In so, so on the on the retail side, are you talking um, like high street retail or more sort of shopping centre retail or neighbourhood shopping centres well. retail yeah. in the right location and with the right right strategy as well. So, but but there is like I mean, say for supermarket centres, they're still all going rolling out. Um, e-commerce for supermarkets is about eight to ten percent. So everyone still wants. A Woolies, an IGA, an Aldi, uh, a service centre, and then looking at the tenancy mix that services that around that. So that combines some of your retail, but also looking at then medical or childcare and different things that you can do where you can actually look at repositioning the asset to get extra value if there isn't already that value there. Mm. And people base up in, in Queensland at the moment, Brizzy, for example, but, but elsewhere, are they happy with the state of play politically and they, they you know, as, as people got to spring to their step thinking that it's worth investing in Queensland, therefore, you know, commercial property is a, a reflection of the state of business. I, there is, I think there's, there is in every market like different perspectives and I think some people might not be as optimistic in other states, but Queensland, I think across the board, people are seeing the activities there. The investment and infrastructure and that long-term plan is there to support it, despite changes in interest rate and how that can affect consumer spending in different areas. Industrial logistics, very strong. And there's huge opportunity. I mean, there's a 300-hectare site at the just at North Shore, Hamilton, next to the Port of Brisbane. There's industrial properties just all adjacent to there, which is set to be some of the biggest like capital growth areas outside of the, outside of the hotspots in Australia. Yeah. And and we sort of speaking quite flippantly about Queensland. It's a big place, right? Um, I'll probably get this right, but I think I got it. I probably get it wrong, but I think I've got it right. Um, Melbourne's closer to Brisbane than what Brisbane is to Cairns. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a big joint, right? So we're talking about Queensland real estate. It's it's a pretty huge joint. Um, that said, though, there is um, um, you know it's a surge of activity. I think you've outlined. Uh, the, all the reasons why you know Queensland, in many ways, will, will continue to maybe outperform some of the, the other state capitals. What, what percentage of stuff would you be securing in Queensland, Scott? Say around probably forty. Forty yeah. percent of your your buyers yeah. would be in Queensland. Yeah, so yeah. quite high. And it's not abating. It's you got your pedal down. Um, no, it's really just due to there's a good combination of yields and growth, and um, we're very aware of the pipeline as well. Like to bring balance to the industrial, you know, pump up. We're giving there is supply in certain markets that you need to be aware of. So, you know, you just got to be aware of where they're building a lot and then you make a commercial decision. If it's, you know, 1% vacancy rates and the economy is not shrinking, yeah, it can cope with these 30 new builds they're doing, you know. So that's the type of due diligence you need to do. Um, and different size industrial units will have different demand levels and different types of tenants that might suffer more in weaker economies and the bigger stuff might be international you know, somewhat recession-proof type stuff. So it's 
yeah, there's so many little microeconomic factors that come into every decision, but uh, overall, very strong market. There's depth to the demand and the guys owning the property seem to be quite comfortable and well off because you don't get distressed sales, like almost never. It's it's almost a stubborn guy that goes, oh, I'm not going to get my price. I don't care that interest rates have gone up. You're not going to get this yield that you think you're going to get just because you think you deserve it. So they just don't sell. It's a challenge for the buyer, but it gives them a sense of the stability of the market. And you know, the point I was making before, Queensland's big joint, right? How do you how do you and your team keep dialed in with it from a from an acquisition point of view? But importantly, that your acquisition is going to be driven by the leasing markets. How do you how do you keep informed? Uh, well, look, we have got six guys on the ground there. So you know, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast. Um, you met one of them. Mike is in a. A regional market. No, no, it is uh, the windy, Gundawindi. Yeah. Windy. There you go. So he was right on the border of. Uh, yeah. uh, did I see him? I, I saw him on. Oh, I must be in one of the social media platforms, flying his plane around somewhere recently. <laughs> yeah. Were you on that plane? No, no, no. Uh, it's uh, but he literally going out to see customers. Yeah. Now he took a client. I don't know how, where they met, but he flies into all the regional airports. Like, um, what's there's one in. Uh, where's the second one in Brisbane? The. Well camp. Uh, no. Well camp. Uh, it's somewhere down near Acacia Ridge. Mm. There's um no oh, Archerfield Airport. Like Archerfield, uh, yeah. But he flew into Rockhampton the other day or flies to Townsville, um, or down into regional New South Wales and uh, you know, I spoke to him, How much does that cost you? He said, Oh, it's about two thousand bucks, you know, by the time you fill it and pay all the levies and you know, so you know, it's not that much more or than you know, than flying two or three people on a, on an airline these yeah. days. So So uh, so you can cover ground because you, you You've got, yeah. you got your own, you got your own rethink airlines or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Serv- service in Queensland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I see it. I think we yeah. need to get you a chopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so that means it gives you exposure to all markets up there. Yeah. So like yeah. when I was um, in Brisbane, well, I was in the Sunshine Coast last week and just caught up with one of our guys and he's literally just going to the sites and he, like he goes to auctions for fun. And if, even though we don't buy at auctions, I'm like, why are you going there? And he's like, I just want to see what the market's doing and. You can see the other buyers and which ones pass in. And uh, yeah, on the ground is always important. Um, so, you know, we buy a lot in Tasmania. We've got a guy down there and he's, that really opens you up to so many more opportunities because especially a local Tassie agent, they'd much rather deal with a local guy because it's rare. They're normally dealing with some head office in Sydney or some faceless investor from who knows where. Um, and then when you are in the in the market, you know what's getting developed, you know, you know, those smaller towns, you know everything that the council's doing as well. So, yeah, it's key to, to invest better. Yeah, you need the ground truth, right? Um, and, and unless you've got boots on the ground, it's often hard to get the, the real colour. You can only get so much and extract so much out of data and reports. So you need to sort of be ducking and diving and, and, and seeing what's happening, getting a, a feel for, for, for what's happening on the street. I know we sort of spoke about it really briefly, Scott, um, and, and we did a podcast on this probably a year ago, maybe, maybe not that long around Rethink Commercial education of which um, for what I understand Sophie's one of the mentors of How, how's all that going yeah really good the um the feedback it's actually frightening to be honest how much value is in that because we're like we're literally giving our job away do and you, do you sell it or how does it work uh, it's an online platform so we do yeah. cohorts like it's small groups you know about a hundred people at a time mm. and the idea is because it's all live master classes it's quite face to face via the internet of course but um Sophie gives you know, high level detail on everything about what they're doing. And then we're you know, like, we've got the finance expert, we've got the lawyers, you know, best case type lease, uh, and all these kind of 
value adds, but it, it literally is, um, it's a, it's like doing 50 hours of this in a go, you know, of, of our um, okay. podcast. So you cram a lot. You Will we give me recognized prior learning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. A couple of clients are like, oh, can this be uh, registered? Like, so our long-term goal is to, I don't know how to do your courses, course. do it. Yeah. But yeah. Cause, um, there's nothing like it in the market. And this, this is like, we've got some agents who are just becoming sales agents, so they want to do it. So like, we're going to try roll it out through commercial sales offices because it's not, you know, you're trained. Once you do that, like in three months, you're, you're ready to go. So feedback's good. It's more detailed than I thought when I first started because um, Adam Stewart, who was on this podcast, mm-hmm. he's very, very detailed orientated. Like he's got that kind of um, analysis type mind yeah, and I remember. grows he goes granular on everything, which is, is really good. So he just kind of, you know, pulls it all together and then he's got all the, um, IT side down pat and then, um, yeah, it's basically get the students in and out. So we've got another course starting. We don't know exactly when, but probably late this year, early next year. And, and we'll just do maybe a couple of them a year type of thing. So some industry, but, but mainly investors, but I, I imagine what you find is that investors, they, they get informed and educated then they the key thing will be use the right professionals to do the jobs that they yep. do, including commercial property management, which is uh, pretty important. Exactly. And a lot of them are already buying by themselves as well. You know, like um, I think two have already bought in that course uh, okay. without a buyer's agent. So it, it can be done. Did they make all purchases though? Did you have a look at it? Uh, did, look, I'll, didn't get involved. I'll tell yeah. it if it's not, but honestly, they found that the couple that did it, they found a good investment. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo it. <laughs> are you, are you creating tomorrow's next commercial... Uh, Buyers agents is probably what you're doing here, I reckon. Yeah. Well, look, there, there's already a, there, there might be, but there's already a lot in the industry. Like every residential buyers agency, every big one has a commercial arm now. So we're, we're already up against like dozens um, in the space, but. Um, they should focus though. Yeah. And they don't do regular transactions. So yeah. they drop off. Um, I've got agents who send me screenshots of every, you know, I shouldn't say this, but like I know who's going for each property as well, because we've got that really close relationship. And. Um, they're just, that they won't sell to them. You know, I shouldn't say that, but, uh, um, if they offer a lot more, um, on an on-market deal, of course they'll get it. But, uh, yeah, relationships and we'll lose many. I'm not saying we've got every relationship down pat. There's probably many, many agents who don't like us for whatever reason, but, um, yeah, we really kind of want to work with the good ones and, and that's, yeah. Our, well, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like Dugan and Co probably don't not like working <laughs> with you. So I think, I think you're safe there, but, um. Uh, look, I really enjoyed the the chat. How's uh, how's the book gone? We we sort of officially launched it really uh, on last month's podcast. Have you sold any copies yet, or are people going up, seen it, read it, donate it? Yeah, no, look, I'm, it's it's gone really well. Like there's, I think they did a couple of thousand in two or three weeks. So yeah, God. and it's like because when I flew up to Brisbane, like I don't know how we got it, but it's the best position in all the bookstores. Did you so. go in there and like move? I remember when we used to do print magazine, I would go and always move out, move out yeah. magazines to the front of the airport. Yeah. No, we, we scored like the right-hand corner on the kind of must-read. Like, so I don't know how long it'll be there. So, you know, hopefully for a while, but um, yeah, they sw- yeah, it's it's been really good. Um, and we had that kind of database of buyers already that yeah. so readers. So a lot of them just, you know, wanted to, wanted to update and the book, like, this is something that's come up a few times. Everyone's like, what's different in the book? Uh, it's probably only about 20 or 30% of it is existing. So we kind of re-read the, re-read the uh, or sorry, rewrote the whole thing um, to make it up, you know, current and a little bit more detailed. So it's quite different. Good. Oh, 
Don't you get it? Available in all good bookshops, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Do you get it on your website as well? Yeah, that, there's a page there. There's no, a page there. Really, really just like, yeah. Yeah, a bit nonchalant. Just yeah. Book. <laughs> yeah, just another book. Another bit, um, thanks for coming in. Okay. It's great, it's great to meet. Pleasure. Yeah, great. How do people find more about you guys? Just Google you, they can track you down. Deegan and Co. Property. Yeah. Uh, look, look us up on Google and send an inquiry and we'd be happy to help and chat to you more even if it's, I think if you're feeling that lost or you need that advice, then we can start from there and go. Yeah, and it sounds like because, you know, you're our mentor on the Rethink Commercial Education that you're happy to give away all the trade secrets, knowing that people will probably come back to you anyway. <laughs> we can so dangle the carrot. <laughs> so go about it. But um, uh, that's Sophie Dugan from Dugan & Go Property. We'll probably hear from you again in the future. Scott, thanks for coming in, mate. It's good thanks, to see you. It's always a pleasure. Getting up, getting close to Chrissy. I know. And, uh, yes, yeah, busy uh, finish to the year for all of us. Um, silly season starting, but um, as you know, property kind of fires up, then uh, completely dies yeah. for a little while. We're, we're be, we've been um, uh, saying it for, for a long time now about getting together, so maybe we should do that <laughs> before Chrissy. Yep. And we can bring some commercial investors along for a long lunch, proudly Moments sponsored by... <laughs> it's good um, uh, people can track you down website yeah Scott Rethink yeah. Investing just Google Rethink Investing is the quickest yeah. and um, yeah have a chat there's um, a lot of different avenues whether you want to learn about commercial property or if you are ready to purchase uh, you know oh, this is a, a plug for the market in general I think it's a pretty decent time to invest uh, because of the interest rate scenario there is you know, as we were talking, we're either peak or very close to peak. And uh, the minute the talk of rate cuts starts happening, which might be a long time away, we don't know, but um, then it's too late. So there's, there's, we're buying at about 15% better value than 12 months ago, if okay. to quantify it. So the, the deals are better. And that, that will change in time. Yeah, it's going to change through this rent growth we've been talking about. That is inflating asset values, yeah. even if the yields are the same, um, but yields are better. So there's kind of like, uh, there's an opportunity to get a slightly better yield and it's going to cost you in cash flow because your interest rates are so much higher. Um, but that turns off, you know, maybe half the market. So that's a good thing if you are a little bit cashed up and, um, you just got to use that opportunity to buy when the other half aren't. Um, because if you then wait for the perfect time when let's say rates drop to 4%, you know, there's no guarantee that'll happen. But if it did, the market's going to go off its head, you know, values might be 20, 30% higher by then so um good if you have commercial real estate at that point in time yeah you're gonna yeah. already have it it's all about timing uh i've enjoyed that run a little bit longer than than usual but a really good discussion uh uh intersected with a little bit of buying but but around um mainly the the core capabilities of having a really good property manager as as part of your team as a, a commercial investor absolutely critical and i think we sort of uncovered how it actually makes a big difference um you want rather than just the property manager does compliance and the administration part of it Actually, one of the asset managers is going to help you maximise uh, your investment. And, and I'll take it from Scott's words, increasing rent equals increasing equity. And I know that's an uplift on both sides. Good cash flow is is great for managing your property and maintaining it moving forward. But everyone's looking for an equity increase. Uh, and that's what it's all about. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye.